On the LegacyRetirementGroup.com phone line, we welcome our political contributor and president of Opportunity Ohio, Mr. Matt Mayer, who joins us every Thursday morning at this time. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning. Can I say a quick uh, happy birthday to my younger sister? Well, of course you can. Have at it. Good. Well, happy birthday, Tina. I hope you have a good one. Happy birthday, Tina. Where does Tina live? Worthington. Worthington. All right. Tina, have a good day, and I hope your brother spoils you. I know he will. <laughs> yeah. I, you, that was an evil laugh, Matt. You, but I know you. You'll, you'll spoil. Brothers your are evil. You know <laughs> that. Brothers are very evil. <laughs> That's true. Hey, uh, I want to get to. But before we start everything, we have something big, and I'm excited about this. Next Tuesday for the primary election, we have a full fledged coverage day from seven to nine. And I know you're going to be helping out in studio here, breaking down all the stats and numbers and what people need to know, all the information for the primary. So I just want to say I'm very excited to have you in studio next Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be great. We'll be, what, 7 to 9. We're going to do uh, election coverage uh, in the morning. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll cover a lot of different uh, uh, races and be a big picture general election peace sneak preview. It'll be great. It'll I think uh, the listeners should enjoy that. Uh, I can't wait. So please join us next Tuesday starting at 7. Wall-to-wall coverage of what you need to know with uh, the countdown to the primary right here on News Radio 610 WTVN. So Matt Mayer, like I said, is with us. We've got uh, Fox News poll, the latest one that's out. And boy, these stats are really interesting. We've got the governor's race. We could start with that. And then we can go with the U.S. Senate race if you want, Matt. Uh, again, these are these are some really interesting numbers. Have at it. Yeah, well, look, I mean, this is the second straight poll now where uh, DeWine Houston are, are at you know, 40, 43 percent kind of thing, uh, which just is never a good number you want to see as a, an incumbent governor going for reelection, especially when you claim that things are going so great. I mean, it, the, the primary voters seem to be disagreeing because, if, you know, Renacy is at 24 and Blystone's at 19, which together is the same number that DeWine Houston are getting. So, Again, not not a not a good number for for uh, for Governor DeWine, especially if you look at other governors uh, running Republican governors, especially because it's, it's such a Republican year right now, you know, that are so far ahead. They don't, they don't even have primary opponents. Uh, so, like, you know, Governor DeSantis is, you know, killing it in Florida and some of these other governors. So this is just these are these are ugly numbers for an incumbent administration going for reelection. Um, I, I, there could be variables of things, but why do you think that is for DeWine in Houston? Well, I think so much is because, you know, we've, we are not recovering uh, from jobs to the degree that other states are. We're one of the weaker states. We're ranked 36 out of the 50 states in D.C. Uh, in terms of the recovery from the pandemic. So it's a weak recovery, number one. Number two, I think people were just deeply dissatisfied with how the DeWine and Houston administration handled the, the pandemic to begin with. I think there was, you know, felt they, they swung too hard to the shutdown. They, they did what most of the Democrat governors were doing. Uh, and I think that really frustrated people, and they took too long to make some decisions, and that further frustrated people. I think they've not seen much action on any big issues, right? We've not seen major tax reform. We've not seen any real big job initiative. Uh, you know, the, the the thing they talk about is Intel, but yeah, Intel, yeah. Uh, hopefully down the road that happens, and, you know, lots of things can happen. But, you know, at the same time, they saw the Peloton plant disappear. So they, I, I think they look at this and they just kind of go, eh. This is a mediocre administration, so they're giving they're getting a mediocre marks. You know what? Ed, why don't I, I just dive into that for a sec? Because you you brought it up. You know, with Jobs Ohio, 
uh, you know, they kicked in, what, $150 million with an incentive package for this Intel thing. But but some are asking, the critics of, you know, Jobs of Ohio's, you know, what they're doing, they're describing them as, how can they be considered successful when the economic performance continues to lag in Ohio? Yeah, so this is, you know, Opportunity Ohio has put out many, many reports on this, right? And yeah, one of yeah. the key things you have to look at is, since its creation back in 2011 under John Kasich, if you look at the job, private sector job growth since in that, now we have it's a decade worth of, of, of job growth uh, data. Job growth has gotten weaker as Jobs Ohio has been doing doing its work. And you would think it maybe it took a couple of years to get its feet on the ground and really get things going. And so we should be, you know, if it's the grand all greatest thing in, in sliced bread, Ohio should be killing it in terms of private sector job growth. But instead, if you look at the trend line and you can go to the OpportunityOhio.org website and you can see these reports, yeah. the jobs got weaker. And so that, that to me is the most damning report card you could possibly have, right? Now you add on, you know, they funded a report by Cleveland State on hydrogen in this hydrogen project. In that report, the, the authors say essentially uh, – we shouldn't use Ohio natural gas for this hydrogen boom project if we can do it because we don't want to use, you know, fossil fuel. And, and it is just perplexing to me that Jobs Ohio would pay for a report that essentially says we're going to hurt the natural gas industry in Ohio that is affordable, efficient, abundant, yeah. and largely clean burning. You have to understand, in the last decade as the world increased carbon dioxide emissions, the U.S. decreased it because of the shift to natural gas burning power plants and the use of natural gas. And we have an abundance here. So here we are, you know, we spent the Kasich administration attacked the natural gas industry again and again, trying to raise taxes on it. We thankfully fought that and beat it back, I think, three or four times. Now you have Jobs Ohio essentially saying, oh, well, you know, Nice to have all this natural gas, but we shouldn't use it in this potentially hydrogen boom environment. So it's just perplexing to me. You know, I think it should be eliminated. It, it, the money should be spent differently. It's not effective no matter what, it, you know, glossy, you know, its glossy website likes to say it does. And, and if, if the bottom line, Brandon, is the data yep. can't be lied about. The data has gotten worse for private sector growth in Ohio since Jobs Ohio has, has been doing its work for the last decade. Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio, is with us. And Matt, if I could just add one more thing, and then quickly we'll go to the U.S. Senate candidate uh, race. You have to follow the money here, right? Because out of this uh, $1.2 trillion federal infrastructure bill, we are, are trying to develop a hub here in Ohio and getting, what, $2 billion in grant money. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, 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 but yeah, no, all, all to your point of you just can't abandon natural gas. That makes absolutely no sense. Jumping to the U.S. Senate candidate race real quick, uh, what, did, what did you extrapolate from the Fox News poll regarding the uh, top five leading candidates? Well, you know, so again, you have the latest poll post-Trump endorsement of J.D. Vance. Vance is up at 23, Mandel 18, Gibbons 13, Dolan 11, and Timken 6. What's surprising about this poll is 25 still percent still don't know. Yeah, that's a huge number. You really thought you'd see that come down with with the Trump endorsement of Vance, but it has not. So that that really means for at least Vance, uh, Mandel and Gibbons, it's really kind of a wide open race still if that 25 shifts to one of them uh, in the next kind of essentially week. Um, 
when you dig a bit into the internals of it, you know, what you see is, you know, people like J.D. Vance. He's got a 52-23 approval rating. Uh, so they like the guy. But I think there's this uncertainty because of his prior stances on, on Trump. And just because Trump endorsed him, I think people aren't quite sold yet that he's, he's the right guy. You know, Mandel, only 4% four people, four of people haven't heard of Josh Mandel. Uh, but what's interesting there is he's now attacking Donald Trump yeah. via his Club for Growth backers because of the advance endorsement. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the next week. On Gibbons, his ad money, you know, he spent over $16 million, and it, it was money well spent. His name ID is where it should be, yeah. uh, but, but he's dropped in the polls. So we, we'll have to see if he can figure out how to reinvigorate himself in the last week here. Uh, and, you know, Dolan, 24% don't even know who he is. I think that goes to, to the idea that he really got in too late to this if he wanted to make, make a serious run. And he didn't have enough spending money to, to kind of overcome that late start in order to get his name ID where it needed to be. And, you know, James Timken, the most interesting thing here is you know, she's the woman in the race, right? Yeah. So she, theoretically, she should have been doing better than she is, but, you know, she's just not well-liked. She only has a plus four approval rating, which means the people wow. that know her just don't think that she just doesn't translate well to people. Uh, and that's a problem. And, you know, it's, you know, so you step back, you know, Trump had this big rally in, in Delaware, and it was interesting because, um, you know, the the left tried to shut this thing down. They tried to do all this work against it. They they tried to get a bunch of tickets so nobody would show up. Right. And, you know, like you got to give credit to the Delaware County Fair Board and the Delaware County Republicans. They did a great job of, of really trying to navigate through all the, the left shenanigans in order to, to what looked to be a very successful, very well-attended uh, rally by President Trump where he you know, announced his support of, of J.D. Vance and, 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 and all that. So... He, when you look at this poll, 60% want him to run again of these voters. So he's still very strong among Ohio Republican primary voters. Um, so it'll be interesting, Brandon, in the next seven days or less now, yeah. what happens yeah. with this 25% of don't knows. 